Chapter 4 Thank you, James said, finally letting go of the key and giving the squirrel a gentle scratch behind the ears. I guess we'll have to be more careful around here in the dark from now on. They walked quickly and quietly past the clock tower and out onto the road. No-tail stayed with them, sitting contentedly on James's shoulder. Well, Jenny said, I guess that will make it harder to keep an eye on the twin elms. It sounded like the foxes have done enough, James said. You heard Chimera. With the Squiduckin key, she said she'd be able to get to the stone, whatever that is. I guess it's a good thing they're afraid of no-tail, Jenny said. I do wonder what this is all about, and what those magpies and that crow you saw the other day. Is it related? I don't know, said James, but I have a feeling we'll find out. They had reached the top of Jenny's road. James said he'd walk down with her, but she told him not to be silly. He was the one the foxes were after. No-tail stayed on his shoulder all the way to his front door. Then she hopped off and into a nearby tree. He said goodbye to the little squirrel and pulled out his front door key. The first thing that James did, after he let himself in, was to put the squiduckin key carefully back down the side of his bed. Then he thought about what had happened, and it gave him another idea. As soon as he'd seen the hedgehog, he'd known an adventure was underway, and when the squirrel with no tail appeared, the thoughts of past adventures came flooding back to him. The Countess Madeira, King Pigeon, the King under the fort, and a rat called Zen. He decided to dig out a notebook and write down what he knew, especially all the things that had happened in the park that afternoon. After dinner, James made some more notes. He had almost forgotten about Mrs. Gently and the puzzle sheet. He decided that if she wasn't going to let him see it, he'd have to find a way to look at it without her permission. At bedtime, he lay awake thinking of how to sneak into the classroom and steal the puzzle sheet. He might have to break some school rules, but as long as he didn't take it out of the class, he wouldn't be breaking the competition rules. As he drifted off, his hand slipped down the side of his bed, and his fingertips rested on the key. He'd barely closed his eyes when he heard a tapping sound. He sat up and looked at the clock next to his bed. To his surprise, it was already after midnight. He'd been asleep for a few hours. He must have been tired. James yawned and heard the tapping noise again. It was coming from his window, and he had a good idea what was making it. He pulled back his covers, swung his legs out of bed, and moved stiffly to the window. Rolling up the blind, he saw no tail and opened the window. The squirrel hopped in, accompanied by a cold wind that cut right through James's pyjamas and made him shiver. He guessed why she had come to visit. Do you want me to follow you? he asked. No-Tail nodded. Are we going to visit the king under the fort? No-Tail blinked a couple of times, and then nodded again. James sighed. He was tired, but he also wanted answers. He told No-Tail that he would meet her at the front of the house. Then he got dressed in his warmest clothes and pulled on two pairs of socks. He slowly and quietly opened his door and walked carefully along the landing. He knew that there was a chance his dad was still up, working in the living room. He also knew that two of the stairs creaked, the third from the top and the second from the bottom. He avoided stepping on them and carefully let himself into the front porch and eased the inner door closed behind him. He was glad that he'd asked if she was taking him to the king under the fort, because it meant he could dress warm and put his walking boots on. He pulled his woolly hat on, checked he had his front door key, and slowly crept out into the cold night air. No-Tail was waiting for him on the pavement. As soon as he had nudged the door closed behind him, she bounded off up the street. He followed, quietly at first, 
and when he was well clear of his house he ran, boots clomping loud on the paving slabs. When they turned left onto Ditchling Road, he was hot enough that he had to unzip the front of his waterproof and take off his hat. It felt good being outside this late. There were no people around and hardly any cars. He paused once when he saw a fox, then kept going when he realised it was a normal Brighton fox, not one of Chimera's rovers. He was glad to have no tail for company. No animal would risk an attack when a grey assassin was on guard. They went swiftly up past Hollingbury Park, and then left the road and streetlights behind when they reached the golf course. No-Tail took them along a part chalky, part muddy path. James had walked to the Iron Age hill fort before, and also done it in the dark. This time he'd come prepared with a small Chinese-made LED torch. He flicked it on and turned the beam to wide so he could see the path ahead. A few minutes later, they'd crossed the golf course and reached the mounded ring of earth that was all that was left of the ancient hilltop fort. They were high up above the city, and an icy wind was whipping James's eyes. He pulled his hat back on and did his coat up all the way to his chin. Even with his gloves on, his fingers were freezing. The squirrel scampered up and onto the path that ran around the fort. She went left, and James was fairly sure that they were going to the trig point. It was a five-foot-high concrete post at the highest point for miles around. When they were ten feet from the trig point, James heard the sounds of clawed feet on stone and there in front of him was a huge, old, grey and black badger. The king under the fort. Turn that pesky light off! You're blinding me! The grumpy-sounding badger barked. James did as he was told. The huge badger shuffled closer and took a sniff. You're growing, he exclaimed, and you look cold. Come inside and have a chat. The old badger turned, and with one paw he pushed the top of the trig point. It swung back to reveal a tunnel that led deep under the fort. James hesitated, remembering the last time he'd been down there. This time a year ago, the king had threatened to eat him and Jenny. He looked for Notel, but the squirrel had disappeared. "'Come on! What are you waiting for?' the badger called out. James swallowed hard and followed the king into his underground fort.'